Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 will be in verses 6 through 10, but I'm going to actually read here in just a moment from verse 1 through verse 10. Uh, When I lived in Illinois, uh, Michael Jordan was playing for the Chicago Bulls, and he was on the television all the time, and uh, I really enjoyed watching him play basketball. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but what he could do with a basketball was just amazing. Uh, I still see players today doing things that he did for the first time uh, when he was playing the game back then. Um, Sometimes you see somebody who is remarkably gifted in life in a certain thing, and uh, I think it brings glory to the God who made them. Uh, But when we think about our God, He is set apart in a way that no one else is set apart. He is great in a way that no one else is great. And um, the psalmist here today that is, is looking at the character, the greatness, the awesome power of God. And this is something that we need to understand because uh, all of us uh, walk by faith and we walk by faith in this very God. Uh, and so this is an encouragement to us to meditate and think about the greatness of our God and his character qualities that he has. Um, And so we need to delight, just as the psalmist is delighting in his greatness, we need to delight in the greatness of God. That's the title of my message, Delighting in His Greatness. Look with me at verse 1 of Psalm 103. My soul bless the Lord, and all that is within me bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord. And do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. Hallelujah. Um, So delighting in His greatness. Uh, what specific ways or, uh, should we delight? What, what specific things should we delight in uh, about His greatness? Well, first of all, delight in His justice. Delight in His justice. In verse 6, it says, The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Justice is one of those things that it's an attribute of God, but it's not one that's talked about a whole lot. Uh, A lot of times people talk about the love of God or they talk about the mercy of God. But the justice of God is something that, at least in popular culture, doesn't get mentioned all that much. But it is a a truly amazing character quality of God. Um, Oftentimes in this world we see injustice, don't we? We see, uh, even if, if you have 
uh, a just court system that's set up right. Uh, you have human beings that uh, uh, occupy the seats on the bench, and you have uh, human beings who are in the jury box. Sometimes justice doesn't always get carried out. Sometimes there's an injustice that takes place. One of the frustrating things to me is to see somebody uh, that is a victim who doesn't get justice and seeing uh, the criminal who is treated better than the actual victim is treated in the justice system. And we've all seen those kinds of situations. Uh, oftentimes, justice is delayed in this life. Uh, sometimes God will, will intervene in justice, and He'll bring justice in a situation. Uh, but we know that there will be an ultimate day when God will bring His justice. By the way, I believe one of the reasons the American system is not perfect, but one reason the reasons that the American justice system is so great is because it was founded on the principles of God's Word and His justice uh, set up in the Ten Commandments and in, and in the law of Israel uh, was the foundation of our justice system. So, uh, you know, we see hints of that justice uh, even in our culture today. But there will be a day when Jesus will come back. And the scripture says that he will rule on this earth for a thousand years. And he'll rule in perfect justice. Uh, Isaiah 11 speaks of the fact that the Holy Spirit of God will come upon him. Uh, and of course he has in his earthly ministry. Uh, but he will rule with perfect wisdom, perfect justice. You know, sometimes... Human courts make mistakes because we are not there to see it, right? You may have a witness that only sees certain things. Uh, you don't get the whole story. And so injustice happens in our court system. But with God, He sees everything. And so Jesus will rule with perfect justice. There will never be a miscarriage of justice under His rule. By the way, for those who don't know Christ, there is also justice. The scripture says that um, there's a place called hell. It's a, and there's actually, Jesus speaks of being uh, be with many stripes or with few stripes. Uh, there's apparently different levels of punishment within hell. And those who are very wicked will be judged for an eternity in hell. Uh, there may be somebody who gets away with 16 murders here in this life, and nobody ever knows a thing about it. But when they meet Jesus, justice will be carried out. Now, the Bible says that all of us have sinned. So, if we're to face God's justice, we're in serious trouble, aren't we? But thank God for Jesus Christ. Uh, at the cross, God's perfect justice was carried out upon Jesus Christ in our place. So for every person who repents and trusts in Jesus Christ, that sentence of justice has already been carried out. Uh, I love the fact uh, that Colossians says he takes the handwriting that was against us, that, uh, the record of our sin, he takes it out of the middle and nails it to his cross. Jesus died for the charge that I was guilty of, for the many charges that I was guilty of. And because of that, my sentence has already been carried out so I can go free. So the cross, a lot of times people think of the cross as an expression of God's love, but it's actually an expression of God's justice as well. 
Because only by the cross could God both be just and allow us into heaven. And so uh, the justice of God is an amazing thing. If you look in the book of Revelation, one of the things you see, you see the wrath of God and the justice of God being poured out on this earth in that seven-year period of tribulation. And uh, there will be great judgment and justice carried out upon the people and the nations of this world in that season of time. I believe we'll, the church will be caught out before then, but, um, but it will be a time of great justice. Sometimes we think, well, you know, the world is not fair. The world is not just. Oh, that we could see justice take place. Well, one day we will see justice take place. Uh, God will bring his justice. Uh, the Bible says in many places that uh, the, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Uh, so sometimes in, and often in this life, I believe when the wicked persecute the righteous and the righteous carry their needs to God in prayer, God takes care of those situations. I've seen it over and over again. Um, as we pray, God is able to take care of of injustice in our lives. Sometimes he may allow us to bear up under it for a season of time. The Apostle Paul was unjustly imprisoned, was beaten for his faith. Um, even his own countrymen were trying to kill him. So, several, a group of them had made a vow, said, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to eat until we kill Saul of Tarsus. We're not going to partake in food. Until he's dead. But God, as Paul cried out to God, God protected him. So, delight in the greatness of God, first of all, in his justice. Secondly, in his revelation. I love this. He revealed his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. How does somebody who is limited in understanding, limited in wisdom, understand somebody who is infinite in wisdom, infinite in understanding. Uh, how, how does somebody who is sinful understand someone who is holy? There's no other way that we could truly understand the things of God if God didn't reveal them to us. Praise God He has. And if you look in the, in the pages of Scripture, from cover to cover, you find the revelation of God's truth to mankind. Um, he revealed his ways to Moses. What, what are some of the ways uh, God worked during the time of Moses? Well, one way was answered prayer. He's a God who answers prayer. Uh, we see that because the Israelites were crying out in their slavery. And God says, Moses, the Israelites are groaning under their slavery. They've cried out to me. I'm sending you to take uh, them and bring them out of the land of Egypt. We also see that he's a God who provides for our needs. He provided manna from heaven and water from a rock as they traveled through the wilderness. We see he's a God of great power as he splits the Red Sea. Uh, and so we see that he's a God of justice as fire comes from the tabernacle and consumes 
those who are practicing wickedness. And so all of these things are revealed. Then he reveals himself through his law. Uh, so his, his ways, his deeds to the people of Israel. One of my favorite ones is the story of Hagar. And she's out there in, in, in the middle of nowhere. Um, she's just gone through a painful divorce. And she's out there weeping because she thinks her son's going to starve to death. And God appears to her. And he shows her a well. And she calls him well of the living, the well she calls, well of the living one who sees me. I love that. Uh, how did she figure that out? Well, it was in her experience. As she called upon God, as, as the boy was praying, uh, God answers and he comes. And, and No, he's not distant. No, he hasn't forgotten me. He's here. And she experienced him in her life. And God revealed something about his character to her. And so uh, his revelation is an amazing thing that he does for us to help us understand him, to help us relate to him, the promises of God. Uh, all these things are his revelation to us. Aren't you glad that God has given us promises uh, that we can hold on to and, and cling to in times of difficulty? This is part of his revelation. So, delight in his greatness. First of all, delight in his justice. Delight in his revelation. Thirdly, delight in his patience. I love this. Verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in faithful love. Um, I've not always been the most patient person. I remember when my kids were little, I put the verse on my refrigerator that said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And the reason I put it on the refrigerator is every time I read it, it convicted me. Uh, and I realized I am not doing well on this. And so I put it on my refrigerator so that every time I saw it, I could read through it and I could, I could pray, Lord, help me be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm so glad that God doesn't struggle with that. I'm glad that God is, is slow to anger and is patient with us. Um, have you ever failed God, then failed Him again, then failed Him again, then failed Him again, then failed Him again? Well, you get the idea. And you think, you know, why would God receive me? I have failed him time after time after time after time. And you come and you confess your sins and miracle of miracles. He forgives you and he restores you and he lifts you up. What a God we serve. He is patient with us. Now, there's a limit to his patience. He, he's, the Bible speaks of, of his discipline and so forth. And he will discipline us as he sees we need it. But he is very patient with us. Uh, the Israelites, how long did they spend in the promised land? God said, if you continue to disobey me, I'm going to send you into captivity. Generation after generation after generations of the judges came and went. They never really did repent under the judges. Uh, they just kind of got desperate in their situation and called out to God. Then you have the kings, and the kings come, and, and generations of the kings 
for both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom to come. And by and large, well, there was a few exceptions, but by and large, the kings were wicked. And the people were wicked. And they didn't follow after God. And yet he's patient. And by the time you get to where he sends them into captivity, you're like, is God ever going to do what he said he was going to do in Deuteronomy and send them into captivity? Why? Because he's slow to anger. Um, praise God for that. There's hope for our country. Amen? Um, there's hope for us as individuals because God is slow to anger. God told Abraham, he said, uh, Abraham, uh, your descendants are going to live in, in Egypt for 400 years because the sins of the Canaanites has not yet reached its full measure. We spoke this morning of the cup of God's wrath and how that cup uh, fills up over time due to the wickedness of people and then it begins to spill out and the judgment of God comes. And um, God told Abraham, for 400 years your descendants are going to be in Egypt. Why? Because the sins of the Canaanites have not yet reached their full measure. That's slow to anger. 400 years it took that cup to fill up before judgment would come. And God would uh, bring the Israelites into the land. They would defeat their enemies. And the Canaanites would no longer be in the land. So God's patience. What an, a marvelous character quality of God. I'm so grateful for. So delight in his justice, delight in his revelation, delight in his patience, delight in his mercy. I love this. Verse 10. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. You ever watch one of those movies where uh, there's this really evil character in the movie and you're just, I, I've, told, I've told my wife, I, I said, I just want to see somebody punch that guy in the nose. You know, I just, you know, <clears throat> he needs to get what's coming to him, right? And we've all felt those emotions at one time, maybe not watching TV, maybe, maybe in life. We've all felt like, boy, this person needs to get what they deserve. I'm so glad God doesn't give me what I deserve. <laughs> I'm glad he deals with me in mercy. Uh, you remember what Jesus said? He, he was talking about the Pharisee who was proud and everything, and he was praying and saying, I'm glad I'm not like this publican here. And the publican said, he, he wouldn't even lift his head. He, he was so burdened by his sin, he just beat upon his breast, and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, this man went home justified. You see, God is a merciful God. Woman at the well. Uh, she says, I, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right saying you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. The one you've got is not your husband. Uh, you, you've spoken rightly. But Jesus didn't, didn't condemn her. He was, he was showing love to her. And he was reaching out to her despite her sin. He was reaching out to her so that she could be saved, so she could have a relationship with him. And not only did she get saved, but she goes and she tells the, she tells the townspeople, listen to this man who's told me everything I've ever done. And uh, Could this be the Christ? And they go, boy, we've heard it for ourselves. This is the Christ. This is the mercy of God. 
my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Hallelujah. His mercy. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. By the way, never tell God you want what you deserve. <laughs> right? I did that earlier in my Christian walk. I, thank God he's merciful and he didn't, didn't answer that prayer. I said, God, you know, I've done pretty well you know, serving you. I think you ought to do this for me. I think you ought to give me what I deserve. You know, I, what I've realized, God only has to remove his hand a little bit. And our life will go completely crazy. You and I, uh, our service for God is dependent upon the strength that he provides. And all he has to do is quit providing the strength. And, and, and um, even what we do for God is enabled by his power. The praise that we offer to God, the service that we offer to God, we couldn't do unless he gave us the strength to do it. And so uh, what I found was I wasn't as far along as I thought I was. God allowed me to begin to experience some trial in my life and some things didn't go the way I thought. And before long, my attitude was horrible. I went through the motions of my spiritual life, but I was not serving God with, it, with the right heart. Uh, I had to, I had to for, for a few years, I, I wasn't right spiritually in my life. And I had to ultimately confess that to God. But what God showed me is, you haven't got it all together. You just, you're, you're an illusion. You think, you think you've, you've got it all together and you're, you're so wrong. And he, just, he, didn't, he didn't completely abandon me. He just kind of took his hand just a little bit off. Let me show you how well you can do on your own. Well, I blew it. Praise God for his mercy. He doesn't give us what we deserve. Instead, the flip side of that is grace. God gives us what we don't deserve. All the riches and the glory of heaven, uh, a home in heaven that he's provided for us, rewards he gives us for the things we do, his presence in our lives, all of this is grace. Somebody once said grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. I like that. Um, so delight in the mercy of God, the grace of God in your life. So delighting in his greatness, what should you delight in? Delight in the greatness of his justice, of his revelation, of his patience, and of his mercy. As you think about these things in your life, I'm going to encourage you uh, not only to be awed and amazed by what God has done, but to thank Him for it and to praise Him for who He is. Lord, I thank You. I praise You that You're perfectly just. Lord, things may not be going the way that I would like them to go in my life, but I praise You that You will bring justice ultimately. Lord, thank you for the word that you've given me. Thank you for the comfort you give me through your word. Lord, I praise you for your grace in revealing your truth to us. Thank you, Lord, for being patient with me. Thank you, Lord, that when, when I've come to you and I've confessed my sin, 
you promised you'd be faithful and just to forgive my sin, and you've done it every single time. Thank him and praise him for the greatness of who he is and delight in his greatness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us truly to delight in you. Lord, you said if we delight in you, you give us the desires of our heart. Lord, as we think about these different aspects of your character, Lord, help our minds, help our imaginations to be captured as we think about you. But Lord, help our hearts to respond with worship for all that you've done for us. And Lord, help us live in such a way that these character qualities that you're pleased.